the curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stumbling. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. For here is what the Lord has spoken to me. Because you loved me, delighted in me, and have been loyal to my name, I will greatly protect you. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray, and you will feel my presence in your time of trouble. I will deliver you and bring you honor. I will satisfy you with a full life and with all that I do for you, for you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. When you abide under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God Most High. He's the hope that holds me in the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they when we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stumbling. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. For here is what the Lord has spoken to me. Because you loved me, delighted in me, and have been loyal to my name, I will greatly protect you. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray, and you will feel my presence in your time of trouble. I will deliver you and bring you honor. I will satisfy you with a full life and with all that I do for you, for you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. When you abide under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God Most High. He's the hope that holds me in the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. 
His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stumbling. Walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. For here is what the Lord has spoken to me. Because you loved me, delighted in me, and have been loyal to my name, I will greatly protect you. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray, and you will feel my presence in your time of trouble. I will deliver you and bring you honor. I will you with a full life and with all that I do for you, for you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. When you abide under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God Most High. He's the hope that holds me in the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. Good evening. I want to welcome you to Victory Christian Fellowship. We're so glad that you're here for our Wednesday night refreshing service. And if you're watching online, we just want to say welcome to you. Heavenly Father, we are so privileged and grateful to be able to gather here tonight, to hear your word, to receive from your hand, and to have the Holy Spirit lead God and direct us and bring us into all truth. Lord, you're an awesome God, and we lift up your name in this place, and we give you the highest praise, and we glorify you, Lord, in all things, in the name of Jesus. Let's worship the Lord together.
This is a move. Two or three are gathered in my name. The Lord said, there am I. The I am is here. He is moving in our midst. He is stirring the waters. He is preparing hearts. Hallelujah. Oh, we just got to receive. This is an atmosphere to receive from. This is an atmosphere to plug into. Oh, we give you glory and honor and praise in this place, Lord Jesus. There is none like you. We lift up your holy and wonderful name. For it is a name above every other name. The name of Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. The living word. Our great redeemer. The healer and the peace giver. Oh, we bless your holy name. We glorify your name. Oh, come on, just bless him. Bless him. Just in this moment, focus on him. Hallelujah, Lord. We give you the high praise in this place. You rule and reign supreme. You're far above every principality and power and ruler and dominion and might in heaven and earth. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You're the healer and the life giver. You're the deliverer. You're the way maker. Glory to God. You're the revealer of secrets. You're the one who makes things right. And you are the great light that will ever shine. Blessed be your name forevermore. Lord, we do honor you. Our hearts are open to you and we thank you that you speak to us. There is a fountain flowing full of living water that you can freely drink from whenever you need to, whenever you want to, whenever you desire to. And that fountain will fill you full of life. It'll refresh your soul. It'll make your body whole. It'll set your course to rights. It'll deliver you out of the darkness and the night. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Drink from the fountain. Amen, amen. Hallelujah. Well, you may have your seats. Thank you, Signature Worship Team. Glory to God. It's a Wednesday night. And just as I, I'm just going to read Acts 3.19. Hallelujah. This is where the name of tonight came out of. God gave it to us many years ago. 
And Acts 3.19 says this, Repent ye therefore and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out. Our sins have been blotted out. I tell you what, (laughs) the devil can't read the redaction. He doesn't even know what it says anymore. Blotted out. When the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. More than one time. Times. Time and time again. You can be refreshed. You can be blessed directly. We have a direct connection to the presence of the Lord. And in his presence is fullness of joy. If you need any boost in joy, it's right here, right now. Hallelujah. Well, we're so glad that you're here tonight. And if you're watching, we're glad that you're watching as well. And uh, we just thank you. If, you uh, if you're here, you know that you can invest in the kingdom of God anytime during the service. We have a seed container there and a seed container as you come in. There's envelopes there. And if you want to give, you can give. And God will give unto you good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. And uh, those of you that are watching, you can get in on it too. You can go on the website and uh, you can... Uh, Give your gifts that way. And, uh, you know, God's a giver, but he's also a rewarder. You know, the Bible says you got to believe that God is and that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Do we have any diligent seekers here tonight? Hallelujah. Well, then you're going to be rewarded. Amen. Amen. And, Father, I just pronounce a blessing over the givers and their gifts, Father. I give you thanks and praise that the blessing of the Lord comes upon each of them and you make them rich and you add no sorrow with it. And, Lord, you cause your abundant grace to abound towards them, that they have all sufficiency in all things, that they they can abound to every good work in the name of Jesus. Amen. And uh, just want to let you know that on September 11th, uh, we're going to have a special guest. That's a Sunday. Uh, Dr. Marilyn Neubauer of Triumphant uh, Living Ministries is going to be here. She was healed of uh, malaria, and she was healed of cancer. And uh, the Lord uses her mightily in healing. So I would encourage you to come and bring someone with you on uh, Sunday the 11th. And uh, she's going to be with us, and we're excited about that. And then uh, for the men, uh, we have our upcoming uh, men's conference. Uh, it's going to be uh, the last Friday, Saturday of October. Uh, it's, it's our Everyday Hero Men's Conference. It's called Level Up. So if you want to go to the next level, uh, I would encourage you to come and be part of that. We're going to have a great time. Special guest for that weekend will be uh, the Reverend John George. Uh, if you know Willie George or Gospel Bill, this is his brother. <laughs> so uh, he's an evangelist, and we're excited to have him here. And uh, just a lot of uh, good things coming up. And uh, we're about to invade our middle school. Amen. And uh, that's uh, in the works and developing. And uh, Glory to God, we're excited about uh, the open doors that we have. We, we're already ministering in two schools with a Bible Adventure, and uh, this is going to be the next level. Amen? We're going to level up in our schools. Hallelujah. And uh, we're going to bring Christ in and uh, get everybody infected with the Holy Ghost. Amen? And the fire of God. All right, we got some kids in here, and they're ready for their kids' life, which is kids living in faith every day. We so appreciate our teachers, our volunteers, and our drivers. Kids have a great time in kids' life. Be abundantly blessed.
I mean, know it's important to read the Bible on a regular basis. Well, you know, being a teacher, I, I read the Bible and I'm following this plan, but you know, I get sidetracked. I got to do some research here. I got to look up some things here. And so sometimes I don't always get to read through in a year because I read a lot of stuff, but uh, I'm about halfway through my plan this year. And uh, in my daily reading, which I was reading last night, uh, the Lord spoke to me. I mean, I didn't hear an audible voice, but he just laid something on my heart. And uh, I was impressed with these words, protect the plan. How many know that God's got a plan for you? And it's a perfect plan. It's a good design. It's been masterfully created just for you. And we've got to protect God's plan by participating with his plan, by staying close to him. So tonight, I just want to talk to you about protecting and promoting God's plan. Amen? Or fulfilling God's plan for your life. How many know that God's got a plan for you? He didn't just come up with it. He had it before you were born. Did you know that when you were born, God was so excited that you arrived on this earth? He said, oh, I just can't wait to meet them and to talk with them and to show them the great things that I have for them. God is so excited that you're here. He's got a plan for you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Go with me to Jeremiah chapter 29. A familiar passage of scripture. Jeremiah 29. Now he's talking about the 70 years. And that was the 70 years that Israel was in captivity. But this applies to us also. Amen. And uh, I'm going to read it from the King James, then I'll read it from a couple different translations. So Jeremiah, chapter 29. Now, some think he was a bullfrog, but he was a prophet. <laughs> Amen. Jeremiah 29:11. For I know, King James says, the thoughts that I think toward you. Do you know the thoughts that God thinks about you? Do you know what goes through God's mind about you? The prophet is saying, I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace. Hallelujah. That's prosperity, too. That means nothing missing, nothing broken. Peace is not just a, a warm greeting. No, it's he gives us a peace that passes understanding. And that has the ability to keep our hearts in mind. He says, not of evil. So God's plan for your life does not include evil. If evil is happening, God didn't plan it. You have an invader. You have an intruder. You're going under an attack. But you've got the tools and the means to overcome the attack. And to defeat the attacker. Hallelujah. You've got the authority in the name of Jesus. I know the thoughts that I have toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you an expected end, a hopeful end. And notice verse 12. This goes with it. Then you shall call upon me. See, if you're going to find out what God's plan is for your life, you're going to have to talk to him. 
See, God's got a plan, but in order for you to find out what that plan is, you've got to communicate with him. You've got to call on him. How many know you got Jesus on the main line? Right? When you, when you pick up that phone to Jesus, you, you're not going to get a busy signal. You're not going to be put on hold. You have a direct line to Jesus, a direct line to God. Amen. A direct line into the throne room. Hallelujah. You, then you shall call upon me. When you realize God's been thinking about you, you can say, hey, God, what you've been thinking about me? And guess what? He'll tell you and he'll show you. Amen. And you shall go and pray unto me. And I will listen to you. And you shall seek me and find me. See, if you're going to fulfill God's plan, you got to seek him. You can talk to the designer, to the architect of your life. You can ask him, why are you here? And what are you here for? And what does he have for you to do? Amen. And then he said, uh, when you search for me with all your heart, and I will be found of you. God's not hard to find. You just got to seek him. I will be found of you, says the Lord, and I will turn away your captivity. You want to take the limits off? Let's take the limits off. Amen. When you get sick and tired of, of being sick and tired about putting up with stuff, quit putting up with it and let's take the limits off. And let's get rid of it. Amen. Let's overcome it once and for all. Hallelujah. I will turn your captivity and I will gather you from all the nations. All right. Let me read this from the Amplified. It says, for I know the plans and thoughts that I have for you. Say, God has plans for me. And his plans for you have not changed. Whether you're doing what God planned for you or not, his plans for you have not changed. Amen? He's had these plans since you, before you were born. These plans are in your DNA. Hallelujah. Plans for peace and well-being. How many could use some well-being? Amen? Well-being means free from sickness and disease, free from lack. Hallelujah. Not for disaster. This is the Amplified. To give you a future and a hope. God's plans include the present and the future. Amen? Amen. He's got some things that are coming up yet that you don't even know about. Hallelujah. He's got big things, big plans. Wow, God's a big God. He makes big plans. God is a planner. He's a strategist. He's got a plan for you. He's got a plan for your life. He's got a plan for your prosperity. He's got a plan for your future. He's got a plan for your family. He's a planner. Then you will call upon me, and you will come and pray to me, and I will hear your voice. God knows your voice. God loves to hear your voice. Do you realize that when saints pray, it's like incense that goes right up to the throne room? Hallelujah. Oh, we are such a privileged people to be a saint. I'm, I'm so glad. I found out that I don't have to die to become a saint. I just have to accept Jesus, and I became a saint. Hallelujah. I'm sitting in the house full of saints tonight. How many know Jesus here? 
you know Jesus and you're a saint. Say, I'm a saint. Hallelujah. Some of you thought it could never be possible, but you are a saint. Hallelujah. Glory to God. All right, let me... uh, I'm just, no, I'm not going to read any other version. You get the gist. God's got some plans for you. He's been thinking about you. He's so excited for you to come in contact with these plans, for you to know what they are so that you can do them. And I'll tell you what, when you start taking God's plans, man, he works with you. He just doesn't give you a plan and say, okay, you're on your own now. No, his plan has to be carried out with him, not apart from him. Okay? Now, let me see. Let me show you how this worked. I want you to go to Matthew chapter one. Matthew chapter one. Now, God does everything on his side to protect his plan. Okay. And God can do everything to protect his plan, but we got to do our part, too. What's our part to listen and to do. Amen? We can't just hear it. We got to do it. Because why? Doing the word is where the blessing is. Not just hearing it, but hearing it and doing it. Matthew chapter 1 and verse uh, 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. Did you know that God planned Jesus' birth for a long time? Ever since man sinned, he had this plan in place. You know, when man sinned, uh, God didn't call a board meeting with Michael and uh, uh, Gabriel and said, Gabriel, what are we going to do? Michael, you got any suggestions? No. He had a plan in place because he knew what was going to happen. He knew what man was going to do. Okay? Now, the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. When his, when as uh, his mother, Mary, was espoused to Joseph before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Now, if you're engaged and your fiance is pregnant, that's a problem. Amen? Amen. When you haven't uh, married, when you haven't married yet and your, your uh, fiance is pregnant, that's a problem. Right? Okay? So, Joseph is thinking about this naturally. Verse 19, then Joseph, her husband, being a just man. Everybody say a just man. Other versions say righteous. You know what? God's responds to the righteous. God communicates with the righteous. The righteous are ones who desire God's plan to be fulfilled in their life. Okay? And, uh, not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. While he thought on these things. Now he's thinking that I've got to disconnect my engagement with this woman, but that was not God's plan. God's plan was for them to be married. God's plan was for them to be connected. And he's thinking these thoughts because he's thinking naturally, right? But how many know God's going to come in to protect the plan? Okay? He's thinking like this. He's thinking, how can I do this? I don't want to bring shame to her. I just want to put her away. How can I do this? He's thinking about the the, the natural side, right? Then the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. God's protecting the plan. He sent an angel to make sure that Joseph stays on course. Did you know that your plan has a course? And it has a destination. And the only way to get your destination is to stay on course. 
Don't veer off the course. You can take a U-turn, but don't veer off the course. Amen. Repentance is your U-turn. You, you can get off course, but you can repent and get back on course. So the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, fear not to take unto you, Mary your wife. So first of all, he has to dealt with, he had to dealt with the fear. Fear not. Amen. When God says fear not, what do you do? You don't be afraid. Fear is eliminated. How was it eliminated? The word of God eliminated the fear. You want to deal with the spirit, you use the word. Okay? Uh, do not fear to take Mary, uh, take unto you, uh, Mary your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. It's part of the plan. It's part of the process. It's part of the course. Don't veer off course. God's protecting the plan. And she shall bring forth a son. And you shall name him Jesus. God's plan for Joseph was to pronounce him Jesus. Hallelujah. He was protecting the plan. For he shall save his people from their sins. He already knew his purpose. Amen. Now he's protecting this. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophet. What's he fulfilling? He's fulfilling the plan that he revealed through the prophets that was written down many, many thousands of years before this. God is not only a plan maker, he's a plan fulfiller. He wants all of his plans that he has for you to be fulfilled, not to be undone. Amen? We've got to fulfill his plans. We've got to carry out his plans. Amen? Are you ready to participate with him? So, the plan was protected. And then look at verse 24. Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him. That was his part. His part was to obey the instruction to stay on the plan. To follow the design that God had already set up. Amen? Joseph was tempted to get off course. But God came in and protected the plan. God did his part. Joseph did his part. And guess what? The plan was fulfilled. Satan couldn't stop the plan. Amen? When you listen to God, you're unstoppable. When you listen to your flesh, you're in trouble. (laughs) Hallelujah. When you listen to the opinions of other people, you may get off course. All right? Okay, let's go to chapter 2. And uh, we're going to look at verse 12. This is dealing with the wise men. You know, God had a plan for the wise men. Do you realize he enacted this plan years before Jesus was born and he was speaking to these wise men who had, who were looking to the signs in the sky, right? They knew how to recognize signs and God had a star appear to them years before Jesus was born, right? Because it took them years to get there and they were following the star. They were walking in the light, glory to God. 
right? And uh, they came, finally, when Jesus was in the house, they didn't come to the manger. They came to when he was in the house. Let's just read verse 11. And when they were coming to the house, everybody say the house. Wasn't a manger. It was the house. Just blew away your, your nativity scene right there. You know, in Tennessee, there was three, three firemen by the manger. And they said, what? How come the fire? said, because three wise men came from a fire. <laughs> right? They saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. Okay, then they gave him their gifts. And being warned in a dream, being warned of God in a dream that they should return, uh, they should not return to Herod, they departed into their own country another way. God had a plan to preserve their life. And if they would have went back to Herod, they might have been dead. Because Herod was an evil, wicked man. He was influenced by evil spirits. And he had a plot of jealousy and envy in his heart. And when you worship God, you get access to his plan. And they came and worshiped him. So God gave them a plan to spare their life, go home another way. And they did. And they lived a good life. Amen. They did their thing. They worshiped the king. They gave their gifts. Glory to God. They sowed their seed into the kingdom. Amen. And God took care of them. Say God took care of them. You know, God's plan is always to care for you. It's never to harm you. It's never to hurt you. It's never to mislead you. God does not use deception to lead you. He uses truth to lead you. God doesn't do things in darkness. He does things in light. The devil does things in darkness. Okay? But God was protecting the plan. All right? Go down to verse 13. Let's see another one. See, I was reading, I was reading about Joseph and the Lord just spoke to protect the plan. I heard these words last night. Hallelujah. You know why? God had a plan for you to hear those words tonight. Amen. And when they were departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream saying, arise, take the young child and his mother and flee into Egypt and be thou there until I bring word for uh, Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. It was not God's will that his savior be destroyed. It was God's will to be preserved. But Herod now, because the wise men duped him, well, actually the Holy Ghost outsmarted him. Amen. He was angry, right? So he, he understood that uh, the, all the children were about two years, at, two, you know, uh, two years old. And so he had a plot that he was going to kill the Savior. But God had a plan to preserve his, his, uh, his son. Right? And he spoke to Joseph. He said, you get up and go to Egypt now. Flee. Just take your clothes on your back. They already had the gold. Amen. They had more than enough gold. I mean, they had some gold. Let me tell you something. The wise men just didn't give them little boxes. They gave them treasure chests. Right? And uh, so what's God doing? He's protecting the plan. Someone's going to destroy Jesus. So he, he warns the father, the stepfather, says, take your family and go to Egypt and wait for the word. How <laughs> I many know God's plan involves you hearing his word? 
If you want to successfully follow God's plan, you can't do it apart from the word. Amen? So God was protecting the plan. And uh, Joseph and uh, everybody, they fled into Egypt. Okay? And, And Jesus was safe. Herod couldn't touch him. You know, God will always outsmart the enemy. Amen? If the enemy tries to harm you, God's got a plan to deliver you and preserve you and to keep you safe. But you got to be listening. Amen? Sometimes you got to put your feelings and your emotions aside. Because they're going to interfere with the clear message of God's plan. Okay? you got to listen to the Holy Spirit. They didn't have the Holy Spirit in them, so they had to have angels appear to them. They had to have God speak to them in a dream. But you know what? God knows how to communicate to you. All right? Hallelujah. And, uh, all right, so uh, let's go down to verse uh, 19. Matthew chapter 2, verse 19. But when Herod was dead... Behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to, in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, saying, Arise, take the young child. And his. You know, God will give you up-to-date news. Joseph didn't have to read a headline in the paper, Herod is dead. He got information from an angel from heaven that something in earth had occurred. God knows what's going on in earth. Amen? And if you want to know what's going on in earth, he'll show it to you. You just got to come to him, talk to him, seek him. Amen? So arise, take the young child and his mother, and go into the land of Israel, for they are dead which sought the young child's life. <laughs> Glory to God. God will wait till your enemies are dead to bring you back. Amen? <laughs> Hallelujah. Right, that's part of his plan. And uh, verse 21, and he arose and took the young child and his mother and came into the land of Israel. Do you see how obedient Joseph is? He is complying with the plan. He is not trying to reason this out in his mind. He is just simply doing what he is told to do. Can you say amen? Amen. That's how we protect the plan on our part. Our obedience protects God's plan. Our compliance protects God's plan. Our participation and cooperation protects the plan. Amen? But when he heard that Archelaus did reign in Judea in the room of his father Herod. He was afraid to go there, notwithstanding being warned of God in a dream, he turned aside unto the parts of Galilee. Verse 23, and, it came, and he came and dwelt in the city called Nazareth, that it might be fulfilled. Say that it might be fulfilled. God had already planned for Jesus to go to Nazareth. Amen? That was part of the plan. And Joseph... He said, I'm not going to go to Galilee, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to go to Judea, I'm going to go to Nazareth. And that was to fulfill the plan. You see how God works? Hallelujah. Because he shall be called a Nazarene. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So God is a fulfiller of plans. Have you ever thought of what is a plan? We have some ideas, but here's, here's some definitions of what is a plan. 
It is a detailed proposal for doing or achieving something. How many know God's in in the details? Did God give Noah some details on how to build a boat that would float? Amen? While everybody's assets were failing, Noah was floating his stock. Glory to God. He kept it. That's just a little joke. You could call it a plan of action, a master plan, or a game plan. Do you realize every coach goes on to the playing field with a plan? Do they plan to lose? No, they play, if they execute their plan properly, they're going to win. Right? God wants you to win. Amen? And he's given you the greatest coach that you could ever have, the Holy Ghost. And wherever you show up, he wants you to win. He wants you to overcome. But you got to follow his plan. And guess what? He wrote it down in a playbook. Amen? If you want to reference what the plan is, just go look, go look at the book. Amen. You know, players got to memorize the, the plans. Guess what? We got to memorize the plan too. We ought to, we ought to put this plan into our hearts so that we can have it with us wherever we go. All right? A plan is an intention or decision about what you're going to do. A plan is what you decide on or arrange in advance. A plan is where you organize, arrange, work, uh, where you work out, think out, design, and line up. A plan is a large-scale map of a small area. It's you're mapping out a course of action. All right? You want to get somewhere and you want to plan it out. How many's ever made a plan to travel? Amen. Thank God for GPS. Right? Because you don't really have to plan much. Now you can just type it in the GPS. But before GPS, you had to plan. Amen? I know. I made several turnarounds because my plans weren't too good. (laughs) Hallelujah. I've gotten better, though. Thank God. A plan is a detailed formulation uh, of action. A plan is an orderly arrangement of parts. How many has ever followed a recipe? That's a plan. Amen? A recipe is a plan. Tells you what to do, how to mix it, how long to cook it or bake it or whatever, right? That's a plan. A recipe is a plan. Hallelujah. A plan always implies mental formulation and graphic representation. Mental formulation and graphic representation. Do you realize when God speaks to you that a picture is formed on the inside of you? When God says you can have something, you, you get a picture of what he says that you can have. Amen? Hallelujah. All right? Go with me to Isaiah chapter 46. Isaiah 46 and verse 8. Hallelujah. This is a powerful verse. This is why God is a good planner. Isaiah 46 and verse 8, verses 8 to 10, actually. Remember this and show yourselves, men, bring it again to mind, O you transgressors. Remember the former things of old, 
for I am God and there is no none else. How many gods are there? There's one. One true God. Amen? People may think they're worshiping a God, but they're not a God. There's one God and there's none else. There's one way to heaven. There's none else. There's one Savior. There's none else. So as a planner, God stands unique. I am God and there is none like me. Except for us because he made us in his image and his likeness. All right, verse 10, declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times, the things that are not yet done, saying, my counsel shall stand and I will do all of my pleasure. Now, you've got to be a good planner when you know the end before the beginning. Amen. There's no one that no one else that has that information. No, no one else is omnipotent or omniscient. Right? God knows the end before the beginning. That's why he has a different perspective. That's why if we listen to him, we can avoid the traps that the enemy has set on that path. And we can run into the blessings that God has set on the path. Amen? He knows the end before the beginning. Glory to God. And his counsel will stand. You can listen to the opinions of others. You can listen to your feelings. You can let your emotions lead you. But that counsel is not going to stand. That will get you into more trouble than it will help. But God's counsel will stand. Why? His word is forever settled in heaven. God doesn't have to change his word. If something is forever settled, that's, that's a good thing to make a plan out of. Amen? It's not going to fail. It's been proven to work. We see it work. We're experiencing it working in creation. Hallelujah. When God said he knows the end before the beginning, he is possessed with the highest prophetic power. He is able to declare from the very beginnings of history to the ultimate issues. God knows what's going to happen in time. He knows what's going to happen in nations. He knows what's going to happen in your life. He knows where he wants to get you. But we just got to let him lead us and guide us. Amen? Say, God, lead me. Say, God, guide me. Hallelujah. His counsel will stand. His purpose. Why he created you, he's not going to change his mind on. The assignment that he has for you on this planet is never going to change, even if you don't fulfill it. When God created you, he made up his mind on what he had for you. And he's never going to go back on that. And he'll wait for you. He is very patient. Amen? Thank God he's eternal and doesn't wear a watch. Glory to God. Faith is now. So his his plan and promise is as good as long as you believe for it and tap into it. Once you believe for it and tap into it, then it's yours. Amen? Hallelujah. So we're protecting the plan. God has a purpose and a plan for human affairs, right? If he didn't have a plan, uh, you know, 
we would be, we would be going crazy. Right? We need someone with, with some certainty, someone with some assurance, because there's some crazy things that happen in this world. And then we need a rock on which we can lean on. Glory to God. But God has a plan for me. Say, God has a plan for me. His plan will not be frustrated. Why? The minute God made the plan for you, he fully intended to fulfill it. And he has the power to perform it. Before Abraham was born, God knew he was going to be a father. And God knew that he was going to be a father when it was impossible. And and Abraham finally came to the conclusion that God has the power to perform what he promised. Amen? How many believe that God has the power to perform what he promised? You believe that? Say, I believe that in Jesus' name. Yeah, he's he's the only one that has the power to perform his promise. And he'll never let his promise go. All right, go to Isaiah 25. This was incredible. When I came across this, Isaiah 25, verse 1, this was awesome. This, is, this might make you shout. Isaiah 25, 1, O Lord, my God, I will exalt you. I will praise your name for you have done wonderful things. Your counsels of old are faithfulness and truth. And other translations say, uh, His plans formed long, long ago with perfect faithfulness. Say, God's got perfect faithfulness. He is a faithful God. He's going to stick by you. He's going to pull for you. He's going to cheer for you. He's going to encourage you. He's going to lead you. Hallelujah. He's got perfect faithfulness. And all we do is hook up with him. And, And together you'll get the job done. God wants to get the job done. He doesn't want Christians who are lazy. Christians who aren't regularly intaking his word. You've got to be on a daily diet of his word. Why? The Holy Spirit speaks the language of the word. You want to hear his voice? Get in the word and let the word get in you. You abide in me and, and my words abide in you and you can ask whatever you will. That's what Jesus said. That's how we're going to tap into his plan. Amen? So there's no God before him. He is the I am that I am. What is that? I am ever presently with you. I am what you need me to be. Amen? I am it. You need help? I'm your helper. You need strength? I'm your strengthener. You need healing? I'm your healer. You need salvation? I'm your savior. Hallelujah. Say, he's my I am. No one has the right to take the I am and say he was. God never stopped being I am. He is still who he is and he always will be who he is. He's not going to change his nature or his character or who he is. And he'll reveal who he is at different stages in different life. His revelation is progressive. Amen. Hallelujah. Psalm 33, verse 11. Psalm 33, verse 11. The counsel of the Lord stands forever. The thoughts and his plans of his heart through all generations. Everybody says through generations. You know, God wants to use generations. 
And sometimes a generation might be under a curse until they come to know Jesus. Then the curse is broken and he can reach the next generation. You know, that's what happened with my father-in-law, Fiona's dad. His family was cursed. And the curse was no man will reach the age of 40 in the family. And how many brothers did he have? Four brothers? Yeah. And uh, guess what? He met Jesus and he broke the curse, but all of his brothers succumbed to the curse. But one broke the curse. When he met Jesus on the street meeting, he broke the curse. Hallelujah. And God's plans were fulfilled in his life. He went on to do great things for God. He started churches. He preached the word. Many, I mean, I saw, when, when I first went to, my very first time going to Guyana with him and people coming up to him, everywhere we went in the country, people came up, oh, Serge Paul, you, I remember sitting in your church. I remember sitting in your service. What do you want to eat? I mean, I saw, the, I was overwhelmed by the impact of, of his ministry. I mean, we traveled around, and every, in every place we went, someone knew him. Someone was associated with him. Hallelujah. What a, what a blessed heritage. So guess what? When you got a plan, if your plan doesn't match up with God's plan, something's got to give. And God's not going to change his mind, so guess what? I guess you've got to change your mind. You know, sometimes we present a plan to God and God laughs. He said, that's too small. He said, you need to enlarge your vision. Right? When it's too big for you, you know you got something from God. Because God will never just have you do something on your own. That way you can get the glory. No, God gives you something that's so, so greater than you so that he gets the glory. Amen? Go to uh, Amos 3.7. Hallelujah. You know, you can make plans, but God will order your steps. And if you make a plan, that's okay. You've you got to present your plan to God. If he doesn't like it, then make a new plan. Amen. Amos 3, 7. Hallelujah. Surely the Lord God does nothing without revealing his secret plan to his servants, the prophets. God wants to reveal his plan. He wants his plan to be made known. He wants his plan to be shown. So he reveals his plans to the prophets, right? To those who speak under the inspired utterance. Go to Deuteronomy 29, 29. This is a good verse. We're talking about protecting the plan. What kind of plans does God have for you? Plans to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you a hope and a future and expected end. Good things. Ever say good things. God's plan does not include any bad thing for you, any harmful thing for you, anything that will restrict you or confine you. God's plan makes you free. God's plan makes you full. God's plan makes you rich. God's plan makes you, gives you purpose. Amen. God's plan is great. Awesome. Incredible. Deuteronomy 29, 29. 
The secret things belong to the Lord our God, but those things which are revealed belong to us and to our children forever, that we may do the words of this law. When God reveals you something, he expects you to do it. He expects you to carry it out. He expects you to be it, live it, have it, whatever. Secret things belong to him, but once they reveal, once they're revealed, they belong to you. And now the ball's in your court. What are you doing with what God showed you? What are you doing with what God told you? Oh, I'm just sitting waiting for it to come to pass. Get off your duff and take some action. Amen. Okay. Go to John 16. Gospel of John chapter 16. You know, the plans of God are precious. And they need to be protected. And when God shows you his plan, you need to value it enough that you're going to commit to it. There's nothing worse than you given a plan and there's no commitment to carry it out. Well, I don't intend to do that. (laughs) Then you're going to stand before God one day and he's going to say, how come you didn't do what I told you to do? You'd be like, uh, there's not going to be any excuses there in that moment. You might as well do it now. Amen. How many doers do we have in the house tonight? Say, I'm a doer of the word. Say, I'm not too old to do the word. I'm not too young to do the word. I'm going to do what I heard because I'm stirred in my heart. Hallelujah. All right, John 16, 13. Notice what this says. How be it when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you. Where is he going to guide you? Into all truth. Have you gotten into all truth yet? No, we're still getting into all truth. He is still guiding us. He's taking us into the future. Amen? In other words, we haven't arrived at, I know all the truth that I need to know. No, if you're still living and breathing on earth, you don't know all that you need to know yet. Right? There's more to learn, more to grow, more to take in. And guess what? The Holy Spirit, part of his job, he brings us. He is bringing us into all truth. He is expanding our knowledge. All right? He will, okay, he shall not speak of himself, but whatever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will, he will what? He will show you things to come. Oh my goodness. He is the coach. He shows you what God has planned for you in the future. He shows you things to come. What, this happened to me one time in my life. When I was at Cleveland, I mean, uh, Lee University in Cleveland, Tennessee. And uh, for six weeks, I walked around the campus saying, God, why did you send me here? Why am I here in Tennessee? And uh, my guidance counselor recommended that I get part of this group called Pioneers for Christ. I was like, okay. So I went to a meeting that they had, and there was maybe 20 people in the meeting, and I'm sitting on the front row. And while I'm sitting in the meeting, 
The Holy Spirit is talking to me and he says, you're going to be president of this group. Okay. Like you talking to me? Okay. I mean, that's never happened like that before in my life. I'm just sitting there. This is the first meeting that I'm going to. I'm just getting information. Right? You're going to be president of this group. Okay. Well, next semester I was vice president. And then the semester after that, I became president. And that group went from 30 to 120 people. And we had a service every Thursday night in the science auditorium, the science building auditorium. And we had some services, man. Plus, we were, we were going to uh, churches and holding meetings. We called them invasions. But the Holy Spirit was showing me things to come. I just, I, I, I knew that God sent me to Lee. But I didn't know why. Well, that was reason number one. And reason number two, well, she's sitting right over there. Yeah. She walked in and I, w- I was, yeah, she was checking it out and God, God said, you're going to be checking him out. <laughs> so God spoke to her and said, that was going to be, that's, I'm going to be her husband. Guess what? It came to pass. Why? God had a plan. And, and when you humble yourself under his hand and you follow his plan. You wake up tomorrow, God's got a plan for tomorrow. God's got a plan for the next day. God's got a plan for your spiritual growth. God's got a plan for you to share what he's done for you with other people. Well, how come no one said amen on that? <laughs> yeah, you've got a message to share. We're not, we're not here just to build up our own message. We're here to help people who are dealing with stuff that we overcame. Amen? God called you to do something with other people, not just for yourself. Matter of fact, we're supposed to crucify ourselves as Christians. And we're supposed to be doing all this for other people. We're supposed to esteem our brothers better than ourselves. Come on. That's part of God's plan. So the Holy Spirit is going to show you things to come. Amen? Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Are you okay? I'm giving, I'm dishing out what God gave to me. And I haven't even touched my whole, all my notes yet. Go to verse 9. 1 Corinthians 2 verse 9. But as it is written, this is written in Isaiah 64, 4. Notice, God does what is written. Why did he write it? Because that's his plan. God, God follows his own plan. God doesn't deviate from his own word. Amen? He is good. He backs his word. But it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. God's got some things prepared for you. He, he took time to prepare them. He took time to get them ready. He knew that you were going to enjoy them. He knew that they were going to benefit you. And he had some things prepared for you. Say, so God's got some things prepared for me. Well, how are you going to find out what God has prepared for you? Well, he tells us. Verse 10. 
but God has revealed them unto us by his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. You are connected with someone who searches the deep things. You've got your own encyclopedia heaven on the inside of you. He searches the deep things of God. He knows everything. He was at creation. He was at the birth. He was at every event. He was on Mount Sinai. He was in the ark. It's the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. He searches the deep things, and he's the one who reveals what's been prepared for us. And without the Holy Ghost, we wouldn't be able to benefit from what's been prepared for us. For what man knows the things of a man, save the spirit of man which is in him, even so the things of God knows no man but the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world. There is a spirit in the world. It's an evil spirit. It's Satan. But we have received the spirit of God. Why? That we might know the things that are freely. Everybody say freely. That's a good word to get excited about. Freely given to us by God. God has some things that have been prepared for us and they're freely given to us. And the Holy Spirit shows them, hey, this is yours. That's yours. Take it. It's yours. Amen. That's been prepared for you. Your father prepared that for you. He knew you were coming and he had it ready. That's your ram in the thicket. Hallelujah. You know, God's got a ram in the thicket for everybody. You, you, just, you, just, you just do what God says and you'll find your ram. But it's on the path of obedience. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Look at uh, John 15. John 15. What are we doing? We're protecting the plan. Once God reveals you the plan, you're responsible for it. That's your assignment. When I was sitting in Bible school in New Testament survey... And we were sitting and we were going over and we came across Galatians 3.29. Woo! That scripture came alive that day. All of a sudden, New Testament survey had a different flavor to it. It was good. And in New Testament survey, I read that scripture. If you be Christ, this is Galatians 3.29, and you are Abraham's seed and you are heirs according to the promise. You know where this phrase Inheriting God's promises and experiencing their benefits came up. That came from that class, that moment when God spoke to me. Now, when he spoke to me, I had no clue what that meant. I just wrote, Pastor Fisher, I didn't know, I didn't know where that was going to take place. I don't know how that was going to take place. I just knew God spoke that to me. Amen. But as I look back, look at John 15, 15. Hallelujah. This is Jesus talking here. He says, henceforth, <laughs> Hereafter, I call you not servants, for the servant knows not what his Lord does, but I have called you friends. Say, I'm I'm Jesus' friend. For all things that I have heard of my Father, I have made known to you. What does he do? Jesus hears things from the Father, and when he hears them, he tells you. He makes them known to you. Amen. 
He said, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. I've chosen you because I got a plan for you. I've chosen you because there's things that I want you to do, things that I want you to have, things that I want you to be. There's some things that God wants you to be. He wants you to be like Christ. He wants all of us to be like Christ. He wants us to have good character. He wants us to live a holy life. He wants us to be righteous and upright people. He wants us to speak the truth in love. But he chose, say, I'm chosen. Say, he chose me. He chose you because he has a plan for you. And that you should bring forth fruit. That's us carrying out the plan. Fruit comes from us doing the will of God. When we're doing the will of God in our life, fruit shows up. He wants us to be fruitful. And the plan The plan makes us fruitful. Doing the plan. Doing what God wants. Being who God wants you to be. Going where God wants you to go. I want you to bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain. For whatsoever you shall ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad? God showed one man in Egypt about what was going to happen in the earth. Pharaoh had a dream, but he didn't understand it. You know, when you don't understand something, you can't operate in it. But God had an inside man who he put in Egypt 17 years before. And it was at this moment that he was going to be revealed to the world. His name was Joseph. He got there as a slave. He ended up in prison. He was falsely accused. He interpreted dreams in the prison, but then they forgot about him two years later. Now Pharaoh has a dream that he doesn't understand, but God's about to do something in the earth because Joseph said, God showed you this dream twice because this is something that's going to happen. God had, in, or Joseph had inside information. He was the only one that knew what was going to happen in the earth for the next 14 years. And God had him in there so that he could save his people. Because that was part of the plan. God just needed a man in Egypt. Doesn't matter how he got there. He just needed a man who was going to stay close to him. Who was going to honor him and worship him so that God could speak to him. And the time came. Oh yeah, I remember I heard a man who interpreted my dream and it came to pass in prison. Well, bring him out. And Joseph said, well, I can't interpret the dream, but God can. He gave the glory to God. See, God is the revealer of secrets. And he interpreted the dream. Seven years of plenty, seven years of famine, followed by seven years of plenty, followed by seven years of famine. No one on the, no one on the planet knew that except for one person because he knew God. See, when you're connected to God, it doesn't matter what kind of crazy uh, government you're in or crazy institution. God will get, God has ways of doing things. I mean, my goodness, he took care of a prophet in a famine. God can take care of you in a famine. Just listen to the plan. The plan will get you out of the famine. The plan will provide for you in the famine. So Joseph interpreted the dream. And 
Joseph had a plan. Part of the plan was, during the plenty years, put away 20%. So he started stocking away. Because they said, Pharaoh said, well, who can we find a man that has the wisdom of God? And there was only one man in the place. That was Joseph. He said, Pharaoh, Pharaoh said, Joseph, you're it. You're it. Because that was God's plan. Do you realize Joseph had a picture of that plan when he was a 17-year-old teenager? He had a dream about his brothers bowing down. He didn't know where that was going to happen. He didn't know how that was going to happen. He just saw a glimpse of what God's plan was for his life. You know, when God shows you a plan, he doesn't show you the whole plan. He shows you a piece of the plan that you've got to walk by faith until you get the next piece. Because if you see the whole plan that God has for you, you'll pass out. You'll be overwhelmed. Am I right? Yeah, you'll be overwhelmed. So God has to show you in pieces. Because our finite minds can't handle it. But we can handle a little bit, amen? And Joseph walked in that plan. And there he was, in the right place, at the right time, because of God's plan, to save his people. And he interpreted the dream. Say, God's got a plan for my life. His plan does not include sickness. Sickness came as a result of the fall on this earth. But Jesus took stripes on his back to take away all your sickness, all your disease. Amen? He's got a plan. We, ought to, we need to rejoice over God's plan for us. You need to stand to your feet right now, and you need to get so excited that God took the time to think about you, to plan your life for you, and he brought you here to this moment in time so that you can hear this message, so that you can be encouraged. Hallelujah. God's got a plan for you. He's got a plan. Not just one plan. He's got plans. Uh. He's a plans. He's got lots of plans. Uh. Lots of things for you to do. Lots of things for you to have. More, he's a more than enough God. He's a too much God. Hallelujah. His plans are big, incredible, and awesome. Hallelujah. But we got to protect the plan. We protect it by our obedience to it. And he'll protect it when he knows that there's danger coming. Amen. He'll, he'll, he'll deliver you out of danger. My goodness, he delivered his people from prison. Hallelujah. God's a deliverer. What? I didn't say stop rejoicing. Rejoice over God's plan for your life. Come on, keep, rejoice. Get excited that God took the time to plan for you. He's got some plans to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you an expected end, a hope, and a future. God's got some plans for you. He's got a victory plan. He's got a provision plan. He's got a family plan. God's got a game plan. He's got a master plan. And he wants you to tap into that plan. He wants you to carry out that plan. He wants you to do what he wants you to do. He wants you to have what he wants you to have. He wants you to be who he wants you to be. Amen. And we just got to yield. We just got to give up. Amen. Glory to God. Say, I am healed. healed. Say, I am whole. I am am prosperous. I I have a sound mind. I have a sound body. I'm walking in righteousness. 
I refuse to sin. I say no to the devil. I say yes to the Holy Ghost. I receive the abundance from my Father. I receive his wisdom. I receive his goodness. I'm walking in his peace. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. We got to protect this plan. And guess what? His plan does not include retirement. Why? It just means you refire. Now, when you retire, it just means you stop doing something that you were doing in the season, but God's got some other things for you. Amen? Now, and if you're retired, you've got to say, okay, God, what do you have for me next? You know? He, he, didn't, he didn't call you just to sit on the bench. There's no bench warmer in the family of God. No, no, no. No, no, no. No bench, no bench warmers. We're in the game. Amen? I mean, Moses didn't get started until he was 80. And John the Baptist got started when he was in the womb. So that covers everybody. Amen? You know, after Moses got started when he was 80, he lived 120. He had 40 years of doing what God finally planned for him to do, to be a deliverer. It took 80 years to get there, but that's okay. He got there. Amen? Don't worry about how long it takes you to get there. But if you're there, you just rejoice in there. Amen? Hallelujah. I want you to receive whatever you need from God right now. His plan includes provision. And what he's planned for you, he's already provided for you to have what you need to carry out that plan. Hallelujah. God's got a checkbook. And he's ready to write some checks. Hallelujah. For whatever you need. Amen. I needed a place to preach, so God gave me a building. Glory to God. Put on seven acres. Hallelujah. I didn't know of a place called Palmyra until I got here. Hallelujah. But thank God, God had a plan. God has a plan for VCF. It started long before I got here. It started in the 80s and it's going on strong. Hallelujah. We're carrying on the mandate that God has put on this place and Palmyra needs this place. Lebanon County needs this place. Dauphin County needs this place. Pennsylvania needs this place. He needs a place where people can come and get their torch lit. He needs some people to get on fire. He needs some people to get full of the Holy Ghost. He needs some people to be saved from hell. Hallelujah. So God planned for this place. And he planned for me to, for us to be here at this time. Hallelujah. Well, I will say that VCF was founded on a good foundation. Good foundation. Hallelujah. I'm just, I just received the baton. And I'm, I'm, I'm running my leg of the race. You know, it's like a relay. Sometimes you gotta, there's a time when you gotta pass the baton. And there's a time that you gotta run. You gotta take that baton. And you gotta run. Run. Hallelujah. You gotta run to win the race. 
The Bible says run to win. Don't sit to win, run to win. Hallelujah. If you've been feeling weary, tired, and overwhelmed, see anybody 